Hey everyone, we are the three princes and we go around looking for things to penetrate deeply. Hey, intellectual. <laughs> uh, welcome to our show. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. We are going. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. Me too. Oh, it's one of those. It was one of those weeks, Machang, where I wanted the week to end. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be a good Friday because we have Suresh from Sigma Ta <laughs> on Good Friday. <laughs> on Good. Oh, Friday. is it Good Friday? No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm. I'm just going with the flow here. <laughs> very good. Very good. Hey. Hi, thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Nice to be here. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Suresh has his own podcast, Suresh? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, it's called SNM. It's not what you think. Okay, maybe <laughs> okay, maybe it is okay. maybe how, it how, is what you think. How is it how is that not what what I think? <laughs> when, when under what other circumstances does SNM come together? Satires and melodies. Uh, I stumped, I stumped <laughs> you there, right? No, but that's what it actually is. This one's called uh, Satires and Melodies, and of course, I used it because I wanted to go. Sorry, what is Satires and Melodies? I it sounds interesting. I don't know what melodies are. Bad things. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that's a bit mal. <laughs> Thank you. Malevolent and yeah. Okay, fine. No, no. Malicious. No, no. Then no. that that has nothing. <laughs> but, but that's okay. Latin etymology. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So there are yeah. roots, I guess. Um, yeah, so the podcast is called SNM, and it's obviously plain words for this very reason. <laughs> um, and I break the prod, prod, broadcast. As you get, that's this, okay? So it's no, broken. It has nothing to do with SNM. No, it has nothing to do with SNM. Uh, it's broken down into uh, different topics and themes. Uh, I release a pod episode once every week. Uh, but I talk about stigmata and our journey. I talk about uh, music. I also deal with very uh, insidious themes. <laughs> not yet, uh, but very serious topics. Uh, I discuss everything from uh, entrepreneurship and business to the pitfalls of organizations, advertising, marketing, globalization, internationalization. I talk. Uh, I I stray away from uh, religion and politics because those are two things that I'm not very fond of. But other than that, what I try to cover a lot of ground. You're fond of globalization? No, no, no. no. But I like talking about <laughs> oh, it. Right, 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 right. There's a difference. So, so there's a difference amongst all those topics today. But, but what we wanted to get you and talk to you about was. Uh, but you've not let me finish what the part is about. <laughs> but anyway, please continue. <laughs> as you were, as you were, sir. Cutting in. Mm. Cutting. Uh, no, so what we want you to talk about today, specifically, is uh, marketing music. Okay. Okay. Uh, because we know you are probably one of the biggest. Like, you are probably one of the biggest musical exports out of Sri Lanka, uh, most likely. One of the biggest, yeah. Novia, <laughs> definitely one of the most consistent. Definitely. One of the most consistent. Ah, consistent. Okay. Yeah, I like and, that uh, And it, it's uh, twenty years. I mean, like, this is a good place coming on to talk coming, about it yeah. because it's twenty twenty yeah. years next year. Next year, that's right. Yeah. Yes, twenty years next year, and um, you are heard across the world. 
and from a band that started uh, from like from doing school gigs to uh, rehearsing where, in bedrooms rehearsing in, in bedrooms doing school gigs to where we are today where you are today uh, tell us that journey and tell us what you did along the way to get to where you are right now in a solely marketing perspective or a journey perspective because uh, those are two different things so we'll, we'll 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 look at it from a marketing perspective because i think it's uh, we we are trying to make it uh good for people who are starting out mm. new brands that are starting out mm. so as much as possible what we are looking for is teach people how you should actually do it because you are you do you work in very specific I think first it's important to understand the backdrop and the setting. Uh, before us, there was quite nothing like us. Uh, there was uh, Rattlesnake and Venom at the time that we grew up when we were small that uh, used to play hard rock and uh, it's that guy used to play... <laughs> Mm. and he's still doing it <laughs> no, no no it's cool uh, we're just having fun used to be uh, there's a packet of crisps yeah crisps uh, Venom and uh, Rattlesnake used to play hard rock and some heavy metal stuff local used to cover local local, local bass local bands venom. yeah 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 local venom <laughs> there was a local venom uh, Master Country Notion and Tilak Dias and Kirti Fernando and like all these guys and uh they really showed us that you could play high quality uh, edgier music mm. that isn't necessarily part of the mainstream right. but then it was independent square that we saw perform yeah independent uh, square man Those in things. 99 at mm. a sun fm beach party yes 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 where yes. they performed alongside barton santosh independent square a couple of guys and i remember we were when i say we it was some of the guys of the band at the time uh maybe some of our girlfriends by maybe some of our girlfriends i mean it's a bit the memory is a bit dodgy no no they were definitely girlfriends uh, <laughs> as opposed to any other <laughs> well anyway uh not that i'm judging but there was a set of us and remember we actually jumped into that show we didn't buy tickets cuz we were in school and we couldn't tell our home we were going to go for a beach concert so they had this takarang for some reason the, uh, the takarang sheds uh that they had put like these barricades on the beach road disaram road that side some of the mata that side passing the railway tracks so these were obviously since this being sri lanka it wasn't constructed very well so right. we found gaps in the <laughs> takarang and we crept through and we ended up in the show and watched them and yeah. independence square really inspired us because those guys came on stage and uh, people were very hostile at that time because uh, they just came and played original music mm. and uh, we remember that for something that was unheard of because even the people who hated rock and roll then mm. which were a lot of people it's still quite a bit of people no 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 it has changed this is really? something else it has changed this is where they will throw chairs stones oh. bottles empty bottles if you That's didn't it. play the cover songs and we've experienced this too so independence square come and they're playing originals they don't give a shit they're just playing their stuff and there were people who appreciated it but then there were a lot of us the bunch of punks who were there like just headbanging jumping up and down and rolling on the sea sand like we were having seizures 
and uh, then a whole lot of people were shouting and telling them to get off stage and all of that. And they just endured and they just kept doing what they did. And that inspired us. So you had Rattlesnake and Venom that inspired us for what we would say the quality of the music in terms of the level of professionalism that they possessed or harbored. And then there was Independence Square who were also very good and tight and were I coordinated as a band. Oh, sorry, not Independence Square. Crip Cycle. Yes, now you went somewhere else. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are not there in this conversation. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, Krebs, you're not. Uh, so, Independent Square were very original. Right. And they uh, played their own music and songs like Anger and Poison on a Tray. And from that first album, Bring Back the Sun, which came out later. Because Independent Square won the first ever TNL on stage in 1999. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And we were there. That was the... <laughs> we entered for it and didn't get selected. We'll come to that later. <laughs> we were called Bleeding Cross back then in 99. So that's what we were there as Bleeding Cross and we started off. And that was the first time we got inspired where we were, we, we understood. It's funny really how things fall into place. Uh, because when we started off, we started rehearsing in a church, the Methodist <laughs> Church of Mount Lavania. Props to you. Uh, because none of us owned musical equipment at the time and there are very few places to buy musical equipment. There were no rehearsal studios, say for one or two. And back then it was like uh, yeah, 150 bucks or 200 bucks an hour, wow. which is a lot for a bunch a of kids of, in school. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. our pocket money in school used to be 30 bucks or 50 bucks that we could have Maybe. breakfast, you remember? Yeah. Yeah. We could have egg roti, egg two, three egg roti. We could have uh, kiri packet, <laughs> milo, and then also for the interval with 30 bucks or 40 bucks. So we used to collect all of that and uh, practice in those places, yeah. But there were no places for any of that. So it was really tough when you started off as a bunch of like young dudes in school, following a subversive culture, a part of a lifestyle and a supposed movement, because back then there's a massive negative stigma associated oh, yeah. with heavy metal music and hard rock. But in, in 2000, like 1999 to 2000, so I was actually having a chat with Dual about this when we were coming back. Like as, as the Backstreet Boys like kill themselves. <laughs> Uh, I almost choked on that. I was wondering where this is going. When moment he said Backstreet, I was thinking, surely he's not going to say boys. No, he said boys after Backstreet. <laughs> where is this going? So Backstreet boys killed themselves. Uh, there was a huge movement towards alternate rock. And at one point, all of a sudden, it started. No, uh, it, it, it was... Did, a, oh man, we hated alternative rock. Yeah. We still do. We've never hated yeah. that scene. Uh, but 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 rock became because we, see much no, of okay fine okay let, let rock ask. and metal was always a counterculture it mm. was the antithesis to the norm uh, the convention and traditional form so grunge was there there were good and bad in grunge mm. I'd say that I'm a dude personally I have I have no qualms or doubts there are a lot of metal guys who'd say that grunge had conflict and issues with heavy metal but for me Soundgarden uh, some of Smashing Pumpkins uh, Pearl Jam. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots came much later. Alice yeah. in Chains. Those guys had a lot. Nirvana, no. But uh, <laughs> from grunge, what happened is they took the sentiments of grunge, simplified it, and basically bunch of people who... I'm going to ruffle feathers here, okay? I'm just saying. Uh, 
a bunch of people who should ideally have played in boy bands or girl mm. bands decided to uh, call themselves alternative rock in the words of i think andrew besekara formerly of stigmata and he said this best there is no alternative to rock it's either rock or nothing rock. else <laughs> yeah. you don't need an alternative for rock if you need an alternative for rock and metal it ceases to be that very thing that it's meant to be yeah, yeah. right so yeah okay fine you know coming back to uh, coming back to this thing so uh, what was so when you started out what was the approach the, like what was the intention All what was the approach the intention you... was to create original music innovative music have fun doing it and to basically piss a lot of people off mm. and uh, for us i mean think about it we are, we composed hollow dreams when we were 16 years old right and hollow dreams was uh, a stepping stone for so much in this country but you have to understand the journey that led to hollow dreams which was a lot of songs which was a lot of music which was a journey in itself to lead up to that point so we've had our points of writing cheesy stuff figuring out me figuring out how to be a lyricist how to put vocal melodies hell how to sing <laughs> uh let alone growl yeah. scream and do unconventional vocals mm. so and you do the whole gamut of yeah, the range so uh, uh, interesting question statistical question how many songs would you would you have written in the last 20 years oh, how, wow. how many have you uh, how many have you uh, published how many have you also oh, we've released four albums uh, so we have tell me uh, how many songs that is probably about 40 songs there and then we have uh, single releases that are not a part of the album and then we have Uh, bonus material that we released on the Hollow Dreams 10th anniversary where we actually did we're the first band to pay homage to Independence Square and we covered Anger mm. okay uh, so we did that and we recorded a song called Children of the Lion that we did for the Sri Lankan cricket team uh that the board didn't approve we wonder why <laughs> uh so no, how many how many songs in total much um release songs published recorded maybe 50 songs uh, how many did you produce so many did you compose so many did you write oh me uh, uh see the band collectively together <laughs> how many songs were composed in total across 20 years oh wow uh there are songs that we've composed and been very confident about that we played live to audiences and they've loved it and after the show people have come and said machan that reminded me a bit of so and so and entertain look at each other make a hala no <laughs> that's like that's actually happened many yeah. times there are songs that we've recorded for albums there are still recordings that we've uh, not uh, featured on the albums and we've kept them for a later date and that's never happened like for example on hollow dreams there were two songs one called my deepest thoughts and another called um, uh, sweet deception mm-hmm. and those never made it to the final cut the album for lots of different reasons not that they were necessarily bad songs or poor songs oh another one was redemption it's ironically redemption that ended up becoming extinction oh okay <laughs> <laughs> the irony in that so anyway come back how many songs can you give a number wow uh, 75 80 songs maybe okay. i'd say realistically right. probably even more if you consider how many stuff we've composed through time and yeah so scrap. the song writing processes you have some riffs that you don't ever use that's yes. like that yes. sort of stuff happens too right that uh, that sort of stuff happens too yeah. that's true uh, how did you uh, how did you get into 
because you are big say in Japan and out of the country Australia Australia uh, Australia New Zealand Maldives India Malaysia uh, Bangladesh because have... Bangladesh when we played the Dhaka Army Stadium we had 40,000 people that's the biggest audience we played for yeah. and if you never played for 40,000 people before you piss yourself right because the very air you breathe is different mm-hmm. trust me it is you're breathing sweat and energy and life and uh, it's not what you think you think you just go and you see a massive amount of heads and you can still do what you do it's it's not like that at all like because it doesn't hit you when you play the first two songs you just go there and you're playing and you're absorbing the energy and then you stop for a moment to take a breath of air and you look and you're like sweet moses <laughs> <laughs> because it's going uh, no no so uh, how did you get so like going band out of sri lanka how did you start going in what did you do to get there yeah so what, what we did what did you do to earn the audiences that you earned across all of these countries wow okay so before we go there you have to go to how we earn the audiences here locally mm. especially in a country that did not appreciate or uh, accept originality people who went to nightclubs mm. like you <laughs> and uh, just wanted to party and have a good time and they didn't care about some band that came with a bunch of teenagers who were jumping up and down rolling on the floor like that seizures and yeah. like what the hell is this and what are these songs we've never heard of it before yeah. why but, is everyone screaming but see what we did was we knew we were bad and we were pretty shit and we knew we <laughs> needed to improve uh, i'm 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 not going to detest that we understand that because the more you improve and you look back you understand where you were and how you started your humble beginnings and then how you needed to improve in order to get somewhere so attitude and yeah, that but that, that is reflective of the music as well no that attitude is there yeah. yeah and so we started playing anywhere where we could in the start back then we had to do that you don't have to do that anymore because there's an infrastructure now there's a payment scheme there's there's scales of economy now in place uh no, i'm going to i'm going to stop him there because i want to tell him you were actually uh, i will tell this honestly because i i thought when i first saw them and i i saw them when they performed their first sets of gigs in 2000 onwards right uh i i honestly thought you were bad honestly bad that's fine man <laughs> between you and but, me so but, did we but but now but 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 now every time i go to one of their gigs which is every, never no masang whenever you play no uh, i <laughs> sorry i had to do that no we did, uh, so uh, i haven't been um, she I've should have come for the pulse show that's the show he should have come for that was a good one i come for a show about a no. year ago last time i came and watched you about a year ago uh, but the, the i was actually talking to my brother and saying the quality of music has significantly improved it is it is beautifully balanced you can hear him the music sounds full and nice oh, the beautiful clear. beautifully balanced sounds probably took a while but props to naushan for that one of the many yeah, people yeah, that, yeah. that there are the, the there's, more there's than what it used to yeah, be yeah. Yeah. yeah but naushan is really yeah so uh, earning earning audiences in sri lanka yeah yeah so uh <laughs> there was no uh, strategy or there was no methodology to yeah, doing yeah, this yeah. 
we just rehearsed and we wanted to play as many shows as possible we had no concept or ideology of image identity mm-hmm. uh to have a band profile what was that back then uh no no i mean the computers we had were like 386s and 486s where we were playing like versions of like they wouldn't even know what 386s and 486s and the first you don't no what <laughs> and like the first prince of persia tick 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 wow dangerous dev you know stuff like that so anyway doom, doom. okay and no, those three <laughs> yeah so 386 and 486 puta was uh, before the whole pentium revolution so that so meant the startup yeah. until the password we could have this entire interview <laughs> till that loads up sure sure <laughs> and back then we thought that was fast yeah how things have changed mm. uh so, so yeah. there was no way to uh, there was no way to assess or no it was a complete diy thing and we learned along the way we learned from a lot of our own mistakes trial and error we learned from other people the way we could other bands more successful bands overseas over here more overseas bands than local bands to be honest uh and what we thought is we'll start playing shows where every friday saturday sunday we got gigs to play in clubs okay uh colombo mainly i mean back then cyclone it wasn't uh, clancy's mm. back then uh, bliss which later became the bed on park road if you remember mm. um little hut of the hut mount lavinia hotel Lavinia, yeah uh, my kind of place when it first started at the taj legends night club which was at majestic city right on top i remember yeah. there was blue leopard back then and then there was blue yeah. uh, elephant. elephant later and there was cascades and we never played in cascades or blue elephant that was not our scene normally club i have been to out of the lot is cascades i think really? oh, no 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 wait wait i have been cascades sorry what am i saying <laughs> so so we started playing in all those places right and the criteria back then to play you have to understand was they didn't care about a band having opening acts that was unheard of mm. what happened was if people go you all remember the wildfire nights on a tuesday and thursday yeah yeah, yeah. at uh, clancy's yeah clancy's yeah so people religiously uh used to go and want to be there for the entire scale of the night hmm. there was no concept back then of moving from venue to venue to party hmm. meaning let's first go to silk hmm. let's then go to somewhere else yeah. then end up at rmb at 2 in the morning hmm. which is not seen yeah, yeah that was not the scene you you go somewhere bunch you of you you get night. drunk you yeah. spend the whole night there you listen to the dj the band etc so as a band we had to start at about 8:30 or 9 in the night and we had to stop at about 12:30 or 1 in the morning mm. and we had to whether we liked it or not had a repertoire of about 40 songs mm. which is not a fucking joke when you think about it because right. mm. out of those 40 songs obviously a great many of those are cover music and that also honed our chops mm. let me be fair because mm. when you cover the doors disturbed mm. when you cover live creed you, and we are the first ones i think to play metallica mm. uh, properly here we are the first ones to play arch enemy ice earth first ones to play the kind of iron maiden stuff that What we did judas priest i stood uh, we did violet oh wow. and we did uh, uh, i will die for you okay and uh, we always jam question of heaven but we never ended up playing it live right uh, because we couldn't find a female collaborator okay. at the time uh, back then finding male heavy metal vocalist was a issue finding a female we would have had to had a lottery yeah, yeah, yeah. so we played every friday saturday sunday when we could sunday sometimes were off 
we rehearse religiously and you all should understand how rehearsals worked is uh if the five guys were in mount lavania how it happened was that in one guy's house we would rehearse maximum two days they would call the cops go to the other guy's house rehearse two days cops and that <laughs> so we started rehearsing in this church like i said the methodist church in mount lavania because they had the equipment there mm. for praise and worship and all of that mm. and so we used to go and uh, we learned stuff like living on a prayer knock in heaven's door and stuff like that right in the start right. when the priest comes and is like what are you boys what are you guys doing this is religious music <laughs> it's blowing in the wind bob dylan it's knocking on heaven's door it's living on a prayer bon jovi look at these lyrics but we did it so we played these shows and interestingly enough after about one or two years uh people turned up for concerts and instead of wanting to hear cover music they started asking for us to play the originals because mm. out There's of those so 40 songs yeah. we very sneakily insidiously plugged our own music in between mm. and there's nothing the club owners could say because people were still enjoying it yeah and after about two years they were like to hell with all this cover version that you're doing we want to hear thicker than blood mm. we want to hear the dying winter sleeps we want to hear voices inspired and we were like Wow, this is taking a turn, isn't it? <laughs> Who thought <laughs> that would happen? At, at which point in uh... this would have been two thousand and one. Okay. And uh, when this started happening, media got interested. Mm. Media that didn't touch us with a barge pole before, mm. because we called ourselves a heavy metal band. Mm. And uh, there are media, uh, print publication, electronic media, who actually told us, mm. uh, "We'll give you publicity if you call yourselves an alternative rock band." Seriously? And I said, why? How dumb is that? And no, no, they're like, why is that? That's the trend. Heavy metal is evil. It's considered to be satanic, and uh, alternative no. rock is the thing. Seriously? Call yourself that, and we have a deal. And right then, from right then, we made a reputation of being obstinate, cocky assholes. We said, we don't want your interview. They're like, you come to us for an interview, <laughs> and you say you don't want our interview. We're like. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> like, why? We 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 are not an alternative rock band. Why do you want to say something that we are not? Yeah. And I'm proud to say, I can go to my grave with this. Tenny mm-hmm. Andrew and I, the band that started, we started as heavy metal. We're gonna die as fucking heavy metal. Okay. We don't care about alternative rock or jazz or spaz or jazz yeah. or anything. <laughs> yes. So so we started. Yes. We played shows, Machang. I'll, I'll, I I I know I can ramble on. This will go on for a week. This part episode. So we started playing gigs. People started asking for our own music, and then from that point onwards, we started getting bigger shows, playing for bigger audiences. We got a lot of publicity and stuff. And later on, we started to examine ourselves, thinking, "Machang, me serapoi jeansu inikam me kamathi kamathi evandala playkan baani the thing." <laughs> they're like hmm that's true mukadbanga so the uh, translation for that is uh, yeah. if we wear slippers and jeans it's not going to really work out not when you play live not when you play live uh, what do we wear mm. cuz there were no places to get heavy metal t-shirts mm. small break yeah no, 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 no. so let's uh, how long do we have one minute right so um we revaluated everything it didn't come immediately but then uh, with kind of a diy ethic and experience we decided okay if we are going to push shows maybe we should have something to tell people that we are playing a show more than a paper article 
maybe something scribbled mm. Mm. they call it a post i hear <laughs> maybe have a band logo we used to draw that shit yep. when we used to record songs and give singles to radio stations and tnl was the first to accept and take our uh, music in uh we had a guy and we shamir hosain and he was the first guy we need to stop because yeah. uh, okay guys we are we have to run off small break we come back go for it He wasn't joking about the big piece of ice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so we were. What is the basic marketing ploy or marketing action? Yeah. So there was nothing called a marketing ploy back in the day. Uh, we just went with it, and we figured stuff out. And maybe uh, around two thousand, late two thousand and two, two thousand and three, thing called rock company started, where uh, a bunch of guys from the seventies rock scene. Uh, Ajit, Rohan, Senaka Pereira, and a couple of their peers, uh, they played in a band called Sage Merlin in the seventies, and this is very interesting because they were one of the few bands in the seventies to actually play originals, uh, with Coffin Nails, Graveyard, Unwanted Generation, Cancer, who came later on, all those guys, and these guys saw potential in us. in what we were doing and they wanted to start a thing called rock company and start a thing called the rock saturdays mm. and the rock sundays uh simultaneously sometimes and they did a lot they organized a lot of great shows for about 4 years they released uh, compilations with uh, a lot of different bands and i i do believe still firmly because of rock company that at least at the time it uh, submerged or merged and intertwined a lot of us artists and bands of an underground nature back then but the one thing significant i have to say this is very important so though i give props to independent square like you mentioned crab cycle was another band that was there they did not have any direct inspiration or influence on stigmata at all but we respect them at the time for being there and doing what they did and then a short time later there was paranoid earthling from they candy. brought a, they brought in a little bit more audience into that uh, scene they did, I, they did I, they I, did i think i think i honestly believe no, that no i think they did because what they did was they brought all the party goers who were tone deaf and uh, couldn't <laughs> tell a tablespoon from a dildo but uh, yeah yeah i didn't want to point but thanks but no 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 it was important what they did i'm not saying they were necessarily bad they're very talented they're good at what they did and i understand it's important to have people who appease uh different markets and different uh target groups so they did their independence who had their own following we had our own following panradathlim from candy was really fresh really new what they did they drew yeah. a new following that's another brand that has gone from strength to strength i think it has gone from strength to strength mm-hmm. uh and maybe after we got introduced to rock company because these are all advertising guys and marketing guys mm. we understood after that a little bit more uh with their guidance and with their support also that it was important for us to not play shows looking like we just woken up and come from our bedrooms people are paying money they're coming for a show they're coming to see a spectacle an extravaganza mm. and this is fair enough and we could relate to that because never did we see any of the bands that we were inspired by pantera skid row iron maiden or metallica getting on stage in shorts and bedroom yeah, slippers yeah. and i mean shorts yeah and, but yeah hmm? feel feel this no much but even that look worked no yeah, it yeah. was a corresponded and coordinated look yeah, yeah. in the thrash scene they did wear shorts true yeah. socks shoes 
proper shots yeah. but camo shots or whatever they were sepaltiura maybe introduced that uh, from third world country first band brazil but i think that was all uh, coordinated well mm. it's not a scenario where you have one guy wearing camo shorts one guy wearing slacks like he's from a wedding mm-hmm. another guy wearing jeans another bugger wearing pyjama sure, sure no one wore pyjamas at shows i just <laughs> use that as an example uh that would have really been bad <laughs> and been the laughing stock to that, this day but that's the thing about metal right it's it's you it's can wear what you want and you can exclusively make it sell mm, but it's also very theatrical true it's it's far True. more theatrical than mm, a lot of life machang it 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 is metal is theater mm. and that was one of the things i mean you watch an iron maiden concert or you see alice cooper mm. or kiss listen heavy metal and rock and roll has over 200 genres today mm. and people laugh thinking how many genres could you have of that a lot motherfuckers mm. a lot uh technical brutal grind machang <laughs> trash speed psychedelic be it rock or metal progressive death metal uh, we are talking about like astral metal we are talking metal. about math metal yeah. black metal yeah, yeah. dark metal or and there's something called math metal oh yes. yeah it's amazing what is, what is it's amazing metal? oh uh, god is an astronaut is <laughs> one of these bands <laughs> dilling escape plan is another good example and to uh, to a degree yeah to a degree yeah yeah they so use the fibonacci sequence the fibonacci sequence and there are bands who use okay. proper uh, math, math sequencing, sequencing yeah. for the musical arrangements much uh, the rhythm and the grooves and the phrasings and that i actually stuff. never knew that yeah. I, i should listen to one of these bands yeah come come watch stigmata uh, <laughs> it's a good band local band uh, not fibonacci sequence but uh, yeah there's quite a bit of math in it <laughs> No, sorry. Yeah. sorry i had to do that <laughs> this this is the cockiness unraveling now <laughs> that's okay uh, so so okay how do you do marketing for uh, audience base that is great question so there was no marketing back then it was just machan no no later on hmm no you you when when you figure out okay we have to market in some way um well we understood that we needed some what of a guideline to present to sponsors internal external stakeholders mm-hmm. media partners etc right. so we needed to have some kind of a bio or a profile right. that we worked on like i said through the help of the rock company guys because they're mm-hmm. an advertising and marketing agency yeah and uh, we figured that out and we figured a way to have proper band shoot proper identity image all of that and not just us they helped everyone and let me name drop here whirlwind mm. paranoid earthling soul skinner mm. cold fusion mm. high octane mm. uh independent square crab cycle were uh more mature bands at the time so they had an understanding and a grasping of that after Ezra so many bands mm. so many bands and uh so we worked on it and that is why stigmata every era with every album cycle cuz our themes and concepts are different we've always presented ourselves and marketed ourselves with a different image so back then it was more of symbolic essence and value of uh, people needing to kind of uh, be able to integrate the musical value and the thematic and conceptual value with the identity identity and the image we were presenting at the time mm. so there was no choice really mm. it's mm. like okay hollow dreams they look like rejects from the matrix movie <laughs> that didn't make the final cut <laughs> right. but they are dressed in the same way full leather drape yeah. and people are going 
you can do that in a tropical country where like that the amount of interviews we've had guys where people have come and said and this is the best part sophisticated high end interview they're coming and what they say aren't you feeling hot in that thing <laughs> that was the best thing ever we're like you have no idea <laughs> but it works silent care serpent time drop the leather camo we're the first band to wear camo uh metal chains and key tags connecting the wallet to the pockets or whatever and then skinnies or metal t-shirts and that kind of thing sams are conscious martyrdom which change the image to a more death control denied chakshal dynasty inspired thing be comfortable with yourselves who you are this is what we are deal with it go die <laughs> if you don't right. which are just jeans leather shoes long sleeve shirts rolled up that kind of thing sure. yeah. tap was different where yeah. we brought up the snm masks and the masquerade masks mm. from the renaissance mm. and did a very different thing yeah. so now this new cycle is a different look altogether sure. okay. so that's something that became conscious or conscientious in time initially it wasn't planned that way mm. but later we realized it's important to uh reinvent yourselves reanimate yourselves because the musical blueprint is the same it's still heavy metal mm. but musically we've always expanded explored i still like to think we're the only originals playing metal band in the country that's incorporated latin rhythms jazz baila mm. properly not just baila time signatures and arrangements and rhythms Actually, but yeah. incorporating yakbera gatabera mm. uh tamat tang all that stuff mm. in our recordings and music and uh, like raban pada for that raban pada all that stuff right um and also fusion funk so many styles i mean for hell's sake tennyson napoleon one day came and he fixed a part of spiral coma i don't think people know to this day and he goes guys uh, let's do this and we're like what is this it's an algerian scale we're like oh <laughs> how long do what, you take what what now algerian scale they like okay so this is out of the whole phrygian mixolydian and you know aeolian indian yeah, the mods and <laughs> but you see that's the point we never limited ourselves whether it's chinese or japanese inspired stuff whatever inspired by we bring it not like a kotto roti that's important to mention anyone can just three of us can form a band and think ah today let's incorporate some african Oh tomorrow let's incorporate some belgian whatever that is but we do that when you do shit for the sake of doing it it doesn't work right so but how 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 long do you take between a cycle oh we the great question clever you <laughs> stigmata can take anything between 3 years and 300 years between an album cycle <laughs> so uh, we take a long time so 4 uh, years Yeah so four albums four in albums 19 like in, years 19 years right. It's not bad it's not bad if you take a band like Tool a band like Tool that's the fine Yeah 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 <laughs> but uh in this time and age it's probably it makes sense to Did you wish you had some uh, interesting questions I, I, like you must make it fast Yeah 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 he cut me short again but uh, it's okay <laughs> let's just go with the okay, flow So uh <laughs> how do you approach marketing to for people who are anti establishment uh mm. it's it's very simple 
they don't need to know whether it's establishment or anti-establishment. Okay. When you present something to them that resonates with people, connects with people, and that's the most important thing. Mm. What is the most important thing? Whether you're a graphic designer, creative writer, conceptualizer, or, or anything, a marketer, the most important thing is that you create something that has a trigger, that has an effect, right. that can cause a butterfly effect. Right. That's our point. Shameless it's chaos theory. Yeah. It's ripple effect. Yep. You show something. And here's the thing. People misunderstand. It's not about showing blood and bones and guts and shocking people to the point where they want to throw up yeah. or have yeah. nightmares. Yeah. 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 It's showing something that is thought-provoking, mm. that induces deeper thought and thinking. And that is important. Mm -hmm. And that's something we've always done with our artwork, with our concepts, with the music and even the songwriting. Let me tell you, and I'm proud of this, Stigmata has never written or composed the same song twice. Not musically, not with the same theme. Right. No, uh, so that's the next next uh, question actually. Uh, so, so you spoke about it like uh, a little bit ago where you said um, every album has a theme that is uh, so you you build everything around it the the, the sound how you dress the marketing even without knowing it even yeah, yeah at the time yeah so you you build it so so you're a band that roughly reinvents yourself every five years or so uh, with every every album that comes out yeah yeah, yeah. okay so the question is uh, what what is consistent because brands are built on consistency true uh, the consistency is the and the beauty of this is the music and the live performance. Mm. They know that every Sigmata show they come for, mm. despite a lineup change or whatever happens, mm. they might sure say, we saw them back in 2007 and we orgasmed in our pants. Or there'd be people who'd say, we saw them back, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, there's no one who comes for a Stigmata show and leaves thinking, that was shit. I don't know why I spent money going for that. That's the point. That's where the consistency is. That is where the consistency is. Right. They know that whether it's live or a studio recording, sure, people will say, the, 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 we prefer if the guitar sounded like this, the drum sounded like Chris Adler's or the drums. Are. That's a subjective opinion. Mm. When you release a body of work, a labor of love, you capture and body and bosom uh, what you feel is capturing the memories and the emotions and the moments of that time. So as an artist, none of us go would go up to Leonardo da Vinci or Raphael or Michelangelo and say, Sistine Chapel Nil You get what I mean? Or like those brush strokes look a little bit diagonal. Maybe go with the up and down. It doesn't matter. Scientifically, you can use algorithms and find out how people could have done things better or worse. Mm. But when it comes to the human element, mm. and that is the key thing. At the end of the day, we are not composing art for robots, for mm. machines. We are composing stuff for other human beings who've had their own experiences, their own life journeys and stories. Mm. So it has to be things that they can relate to. Right. Yes. So as long as we are doing that and they can connect to it, we are doing something right. Uh, mm. uh, so the, again, the, the next question is like, okay, fine. That is the kind of audience that, and you, you design music for that. Okay. Uh, as a result, you get like tremendous, like the heavy users in a marketing term, the heavy users of metal music are really, really heavy. So I'm a you, very light user. Yeah, there's, <laughs> heavy there's very few uh, but, light but users. They are, they, are, they, they are a very passionate bunch. Mm. How do you deal with that? 
say if you want to change oh, yeah. shift oh no bro that's uh, one of the things that's made us very unpopular just to this day we hear it and this is something even diresh would attest to when we did hollow dreams we had a great formula we released the first heavy metal album in the country uh because we didn't know how it would work we printed just 600 cds and we had it at the cd launch mm. i'm not joking those 600 cds sold in half an hour my kind of place was full and the guys handling the cd sales and all of the venue came and said we out of cds and we laughed and we said what do you mean there are more in the vehicles in boxes we're out of cds cds have gone we're like isn't that a good thing shouldn't we be shouting guys <laughs> like in the right but people expected with complacency to hear andura part 2 a voices part 2 yeah, thicker yeah. than blood part 2 an extinction part 2 and we didn't do that mm. silent chaos serpentine was a different beast a different animal mm. and that captured the essence of who we were at that time and what we were going through mm-hmm. uh tenny and i had lost our homes we were on the street for a while this is true story uh, uh we uh, were taken in by charlie and charlie's mom a friend of us charlie sanjeev karnaratna naina karnaratna naina salons uh, her younger son and he gave us shelter and a home to live in for a while and uh, after that we uh, moved into a studio that was a rock company studio for bands to rehearse mm-hmm. and the agreement was that we lived there we pay rent utilities and uh, we can kind of co-manage the place mm. so it's not been easy so each of those journeys and pitfalls of what we've lost and what we've had hey man i mean i'm here i'm talking like a bloody chandia i know what it is to go for two three days without eating a lot of people don't no. i know what it is to survive just eating bread even stale bread and butter tenny and i we lived on a mattress for three years of our life a mattress that 20 30 other bands came and partied on their cum was there mm. their food remains were there particles of their clothing were there all of that was there we lived we slept on that shit and we told ourselves we'll never live like that again uh <laughs> that was the time the silent chaos opened and came out so that was a very angry record mm. that was a record that needed to represent not just the times but what were we going on sounds of conscious martyrdom but it's a different record it was a different kind of pain different kind of suffering oh my god the shit we went through for that we, um, so we can't go into all of that but what i'm trying to say is a life journey and a story has to have chapters mm. like a book mm. that's how i see stigmata's journey that's how i see your journey your journey each of our journeys we are all writing our own story mm. it can be one or two books it can be three or 10 books so it can be one book with many chapters etched but we are all writing our stories mm. so i'm a guy that's grown up and learned that there's nothing called a good experience and a bad experience mm. what we call right and wrong good and bad is subjective perception sure rape is bad to steal is bad to go and uh, set fire to someone who you don't like the house and kill people is bad we understand those are clear cut mm. but what i mean is leaving all those things aside we should we have a marginal line of how we understand what should be and what should not mm. right and we need to like kind of practice that so as a band our experiences shaped our sound our experiences shaped our image our experiences mm. shaped the story that we were talking about 
so that's why to answer your question every album is different every this thing is different thematically and naturally our marketing approach also changed accordingly with that particular time period and the musical environment and the musical climate and the conditions that we were in at that time right uh how much do you think about your audiences when you're when composing, you're composing? <laughs> i'll be I'll, I'll be very I'll, I'll be very quick with that yeah. a lot and not at all <laughs> <laughs> that's not helpful at all that's not helpful at all um <laughs> no it's a truth Uh, no so say uh, suresh today say a, a bunch of boys or girls or boys and girls <laughs> if that's the flavor then <laughs> so you chose oh yeah right. uh no so if 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 they want to start up mm. how would you tell them to approach this how tell me how how would what would you tell them the my case study for that and that's a great question and that's something i'm using for my thesis too my dissertation uh, different story but sorry i brought that up is a certain band called mantle god a band led by a certain guy called vimukti karnaratna and a guy called rakit abberatna and that is where these guys started a band i know they wanted to make and create music their entire life mm. uh that people who believed in them people who didn't it felt like a far fetched fucking dream and mm. a fallacy and a fantasy they did it they made it happen and i've been there part and parcel from the inception from the get go from the grassroots level up to now and i'm privileged and pleasure to have been there and why i'm saying this is not to just plug this uh ban but motherfucker yeah. but this just because they took their time they took 2 years to rehearse mm. figure out their sound figure out that's something we never did mm-hmm. we didn't have the, uh, the luxury for, of doing no that. no forget that will that's all like old man talk we didn't have like but the point is they had the virtue and the understanding and they comprehended that you need to take time until you're ready with a brand don't unleash that brand mm. don't unravel that brand and that 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 is a very valuable thing and a lesson to learn those lessons were not even lessons those were not fortified questions back mm. when we started mm. so to be fair we didn't know we were just going with the motion mm. you start a band you play mm. you play a bad show people say you suck you play mm. another show they say you suck more you play another show they say hey you suck less yes, <laughs> maybe that's hope for you and you play play like hard to say but maybe you all don't suck at all <laughs> but, but that's how it happened but these guys took their time they molded their sound they crafted their image they worked on it they played their first show i think that's uh how it should be and i think for new bands have confidence have faith because you have so many venues now mm. you have ample opportunities to create brand awareness and brand value and brand equity for yourself yeah. especially through the digital fo- footprint and digital media mm. you can have be on facebook you can be on instagram you're living in an age where you can have videos on youtube and you can gather following you're in a time and age right now where you can just create a band profile and send it to uh newspapers uh, tv or radio along with the song and they might actually consider going you guys sound impressive let's play their stuff that was not how it was yeah so there are a lot of advantages and benefits now but guys here's the thing don't compromise or take uh shortcuts or cut corners 
That's what I'm trying to say. And that's why I use the mantle God example. It's easy to get ahead of yourself and be excited thinking I'm doing something great. All my friends, my girlfriends, sorry, should be one girlfriend <laughs> in an ideal world. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, in an unideal world. Not so ideal. But, it's not like that. You just have to take your time, bide your time because see, remember, we are in a time and age right now where everyone's interconnected. Everything is instantaneous at, at, flick of a finger, edge of our fingertips at the crux of our hands. It's not like how it used to be. And we need to be careful that there's so much of saturation. Listen, I did research and I found out that there are one million songs legitly released, guys, every week. Yeah. Every yeah. week. Yeah. 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 One million. Songs. And this is through Nielsen SoundScan, mm. where this is only the shit that's monitored. This is not the Sri Lankan bands, the Indian bands, Singaporean, Indonesian, Malaysian, Cambodian, Vietnamese. All, don't pound. Don't pound. <laughs> all, all, all those guys, right? I'm talking about the signed bands through labels who have backing. One million songs a week are released. And those one million songs, those artists are battling and fighting to gain popularity, yeah. to appear on the charts, to end up getting tours, getting record deals. So think, guys... Moderately, out of that one, leaving that one million aside, how many millions are there that are not signed with record labels, Correct. who are releasing quality music, mm -hmm. who are underground playing shows, making their due, paving a path. Mm. So this is what I mean. We're in a time of mass saturation. There's an influx of music. It's a great time. It's a creative influx. Yeah, but at the same time... It means you have to work harder for the... You have to work harder... Yeah. To make sure that not just ends meet, but to make sure that you make your bones in the industry yeah. and you can sustain yourself. You can find stability and solidarity in what you do and later profitability if you have a sense of longevity. Mm. What you do. Sorry, I went all wrapped there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. We okay. didn't even talk marketing. That's <laughs> no, no, I, I, that's, that's <laughs> fine. I, I really don't care about talking marketing. This is marketing for me. Yeah. I don't. I don't believe that it, this is marketing for me because uh, what what he's talking about is he's, everything against. No, no, what? no, 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 no. <laughs> it is not. It is yeah. not, mother. It's Eventually, not, it's no. Not, yeah. So I mean, we we talk about a lot of technical stuff. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We, we we our podcast is largely about like very technical stuff, right? Mm. Uh, this is another thing about marketing because marketing essentially music is. Tremendously, but even marketing essentially mm. is a creative industry. That's always evolving. And mm. it's always, always it's evolving. And you need, I think there is a need for internal passion and hunger True. to keep it going. True. Uh, that, it, and, like, so the, that the metal industry to uh, a standard brand manager is like a wet dream, right? Yeah, mm. I suppose. Because you, you have, it, the everything flips on its head. Mm. It's mostly heavy buyers and then very few yes. less buyers. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't have and the potential. Uh, okay, fine. Potential to increase it. And even the NPD Machang is very different mm. when it comes to that stage in the yeah, product yeah. life cycle. Mm. It's very different. Because our PLC is not at all like the traditional <laughs> PLC yeah, conventionally. Yeah. So you can't assess it. I like how this guy's holding up fingers of like two, three, four, five. Anyway. Uh, 
uh, I mean, fantastic conversation. I, it's it's amazing to see, uh, and it's not only stigmata brands like Paradigm Earthling. There are so many amazing. There's amazing amount of talent here. Talent. Uh, sound coming out of uh, Sri, Sri Lanka, Lanka and, that deserves uh, to be heard. That's it's, it's 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 getting bigger and better and more diverse and uh, uh, it it was a great conversation. It was a great to hear the process and I think we can talk for hours on this. But uh, thanks for the time. Thank you and for having uh, me, guys. Thank you. Uh, so much. I do appreciate. Thanks for the drink and. Uh, 20 years. Thank you for the trick. What are you talking about? Why are we speaking parables? 20 years, guys. 20 years uh, next year. Yeah. We will be there to watch you. Good night. Oh, you better, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Thank you. If I do fight like an opportunity... I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. Mm-hmm. Right when when so in, in instances like that would.